Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Coming up on the WSJ Media Mix podcast, branding expert Alan Adamson joins us to decode the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Super Bowl ads. Welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast, bringing you interviews and analysis with people that matter in the fast-changing media business. Hello and welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast. I'm Jack Marshall. I'm joined today by my colleague, WSJ Senior Editor Michael Shields. Mike, how are you? I'm all right, Jack. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Recovering after the big um, game? I'm on, I'm on a high, man. Let's go. Feel good. <laughs> okay, so on that note, um, we wanted to talk about some Super Bowl ads, um, obviously very timely. Uh, we're lucky to be joined by Alan Adamson, who is founder of Brand Simple Consulting and is an expert in all things branding and marketing. Alan, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So, Super Bowl ads. Um, I, I wanted to sort of start. Um, it, it was a great game. It went, obviously, to overtime. It went through the fourth quarter. Um, as an advertiser, it, it seems always like you're taking a bit of a risk by maybe buying an ad in the fourth quarter because you don't know if yeah, the, the game is going to be over. The party <laughs> might be over. I mean, last night it looked like it may have been over. Um, so, I, I just sort of wanted to ask you about that. I mean, as a brand, does that sort of affect... I don't know, the messaging of your ads, sort of the, the placement within the game, or is that sort of risky to be to be placed later in the game versus earlier on, perhaps? I don't think you ever know. Uh, if the game is a blowout, people might pay more attention to the ads, <laughs> and the party may move away from the game. If the game's very tight, they might talk about the game during the break. So I think it works both ways. Yeah, I wondered about that last night, because all we're talking about, I think all most people are talking about is, oh my God, over time, I can't believe it, Brady's incredible. Like, does that make the ads actually, like, go into the background a little bit. I think later in the game it did. I think the game over overtook the ads and uh, to some extent and, unless there's a you know a clever tie-in. I think Febreze did a nice tie-in with the uh, halftime break and the bathroom break. The halftime bathroom break is coming. Is your bathroom ready, America? But other than that, I don't think that you can uh, figuring out the placement is you know like buying a lottery ticket. You either win or you lose. It's hard to 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 predict that in advance. Okay, so let's talk about some of the the key themes. I mean, it seemed to me that a key one this year was sort of uh, political statements, um, for want of a better phrase. I mean, for years, brands sort of, I feel like, shied away from doing anything too political in the Super Bowl. I I feel like it was different this year. Yeah, I think it was different uh, because the the environment's very charged and polarized. And uh, while former ideas that were innocuous, like, Togetherness, you know, could be polarizing today. So it was really hard to to, to navigate. Um, and the other pressure is that while everyone is trying to yuck it up, it's hard to be the tenth comedian to get on stage right. and get the laugh. <laughs> and so sometimes, you know, zigging and zagging and, and becoming serious stands out better as, as in the past with Jeep and uh, uh, and even Dove. I actually don't know this. How much of this is an accident that brands made these ads six months ago and didn't know the Trump was going to win and the country was going to be so divided? Or how much of it is like we these brands pounced in this in the last few weeks and made these spots deliberately to charge off these issues? You know, I think mostly it's planned in advance unless you have a very uh, entrepreneurial company like Airbnb that puts something together really quick. Uh, and to, t- to jump onto an issue. But I think most of them, the Budweiser spot, you know, they didn't shoot that on an iPhone uh, last week. Welcome to St. Louis, son. Beer for my friend, please. Thank you. But next time, this is the beer we drink. Never had that, no, sir. 
Doppers bush. So, sort of off that point as well, to, to what extent do you think those types of approaches, you mentioned the Budweiser one, there were a couple more, 84 Lumber was another. Um, to what extent do you think those are a reflection of the political climate versus just sort of a broader strategy to maybe appeal to younger consumers, for example? I mean, we hear a lot about millennials sort of gravitating towards companies that have sort of a message and a, a stance on some of these things. I think, you know, to, to some extent, there's such pressure to say, hey, look at me and get noticed, that advertisers are looking to, you know, jump onto issues that are going to get them noticed. Um, I think it works if the idea for the, the, or the core issue is relevant to the brand. As I said, Dove, I think, when they tied onto Real Beauty, that was a long-term play tied to where the brand was going. When a brand jumps onto an issue, oh, like, and I love the Budweiser spot, but immigration, you know, it's not core to Budweiser. It's not linked to the beer experience. So I think they jumped onto that issue. They may have gotten noticed, but I'm not sure it's going to do anything, maybe potentially damage the brand. Right. What, about the, what about the Audi one that was uh, touting equal pay for women? I don't know. Does that have a lot to do with, with, their, with their cars? Exactly. A lovely story. Or maybe I'll be able to tell her something different. Well told, well made, but ultimately, you know, what's the connection between equal pay and cars? Uh, really weak, and I think that's the, the the rub. If you can't make an, a strong connection between the theme and your brand, uh, you might get noticed, but people will remember. Oh, you see the lovely ad for the soapbox uh, derby, and I really agree with that. But was that Audi? Was that BMW? I'm not, I'm not sure who that is. So I think you know the trick is to link it to your brand and where you're going long term, not to just use it as a as a borrowed interest ploy to get noticed. So we just mentioned the the 84 Lumber ad, which I feel like a lot of people were talking about last night. I think it was, was it a 90-second spot? Or? It was 90 seconds, and then there was more on the, on the web if you wanted to watch the entire film. There was more online. Um, yeah, what was your take on that? I mean, I, I'm not sure if a lot of people are necessarily familiar with that brand. So maybe, yeah, maybe I, you did the job. I had never heard of it. I'm in the biz, and I had never <laughs> heard of that brand. Uh, I didn't want to run off and uh, buy some lumber after that. I, you know, I think there is an example of uh, an unsophisticated advertiser betting, you know, making a, a, a political statement uh, and not really caring whether it helps them sell any lumber. Yeah, and, that, and that's taken off in social media both on, on both sides of that issue. Right. I, I don't know. Do you think that does anything over time for their brand? Or is it, they're talking about hiring a lot, tons of people I, I, coming you know, out I think, this? you know, it gets some notice, and now I've heard of that name. And, you know, if they wanted to burn that name into, into, into the consciousness of the marketplace, I think they did a good job. Whether it's going to get people to switch from Home Depot to— <laughs> It's not even a consumer product. I think it's right. even contractors. Yeah, right? yeah. So I—, I, I you know, I, I I don't think there was a business driver, and I think that's another good barometer to, to test here, you know, or litmus test. You know, is there, a, you know, are these advertisers linking it to the business? Can it go back to that old gray advertising? It ain't creative unless it sells. And which of these ads are going to drive business revenue and move cars off lots <laughs> or product off the shelf? So on that note, what did you make of um, the Mr. Clean ad? Because that seemed to be another one that was getting a lot of buzz online. Sarah? Clean enough? To my mind, it was sort of very different to some of the ads that we've just been discussing. Yeah, I think it was a home run. It won... um, It focused on the brand. There was no, no one saw that ad, didn't know it was Mr. Clean. It brought back uh, a, a, a classic, uh, iconic character. 
Uh, it was clever. It appealed. To, I'm sure it appealed to women. Uh, it was. A, it was. It was a chick flick, if you would. <laughs> and, and third, I think it ultimately tied back to the message. I saw the ad. I remembered it. It was for Mister Clean, and it was about cleaning. <laughs> and I liked the brand, and it made me smile. So I think ultimately those three steps are still driving effective advertising. Can you can you break through? Can you get it connected to a brand name? And can you connect it to a message that's relevant to your brand? Were there any other ads that really popped for you that really were surprises that were either better than you expected or really just something you were, you were remembering? There were there were lots of them that were well done, but you know I, I scratched my head. The Intel spot uh, uh, with Brady. Intel 360 replay makes anything look epic. Enough. They get it. You know, it was adorable and the dog and but, you know, what, you know, what I, even if I remembered it was Intel, you know, what was the point? It felt like an ad for the NFL and, or or a Fox uh, television talking about a replay. So there were lots of ads that I remembered um, the story and it was well made, but I have no connection uh, to what they were, what the brand is or, or what it was trying to do. Yeah, that's interesting on the Intel note as well. At least the people I was watching with were sort of most impressed by the halftime drones. Yeah, Did the, you see the that? Gaga show, yeah. That, which I think were powered by Intel. That was almost a native ad, the, the, the halftime show, which I thought yeah. was, was probably more memorable for a lot right. of people than some of the ads. Yeah, I think uh, you know part of that is figuring out how to become relevant beyond the you know it, w- whether it's the afterlife and the social media buzz you get, or weaving it into the experience. And I think um, another interesting play was the different uh, the uh, the battle between Google and Amazon uh, Echo. You know, both the products do the same thing. They both you know I think had both effective ads. The uh, Amazon using a shorter media play, but it was very the, the buttons worked well. Alexa, reorder Doritos from Primera. Okay, look for delivery soon. And uh, Google went for traditional, you know, advertising, great song, John Denver, Country Road, Take Me Home. Okay, Google, dim the downstairs lights. Well done. The product was seen. I, you know, people, I'm sure, connected it to Google because of the design and it, either Google or Apple because the, <laughs> the visual language is so similar. But I, I think both brands played to that product line, a product line pretty effectively. Yeah, very different approaches there. And I guess if you're Amazon and you can tease drone delivery, that's, that's yeah. I mean, that was a, that was very clever. And you know, and I think that little sound bite of that uh, or that little visual, uh, you know, eye candy of the drone delivering it was it was sticky, as I say, very sticky. What about getting back to the political themes? One of the one of the stories that came out after President Trump's uh, surprise victory was that brands were going to try and reconnect with the heartland, and you know, having a little soul searching. Like we don't, we don't, maybe we don't understand the country as much as we di- we thought we did. Did you see any of that reflected in any of the ads you saw last night? You know, I think you know Coke made a good call to bring back the 2014 ad, um, which talked about um, uh, togetherness. Almost harkened back to that famous classic Coke ad uh, where they had the uh, kids on the hill like to buy all the like Coke. Yeah. And so that theme was relevant to the brand and together. And I think you know it, it was effective in 2014. And it was much more effective last night.
that was a soft approach. So I think brands that took a soft approach, I'm not sure that ad that I don't even remember the brand, the classic with the hair, uh, Trump hair. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, so I think if you try too hard, uh, and, um, you know, I, I think um, most of them, if it was made you feel good and you didn't lean too hard into the political uh, divide, I think they'll be okay. So it's interesting. The 80, Mike, you wrote a story about uh, 84 Lumber today sort of explaining some of this. But I, I think they actually said that it wasn't a political statement. It was... Yeah, what, it what seemed, but but then they definitely directed their commentary at President Trump about and and the wall being having the door and and please re, you know he they, they kind of wanted to honor his language about having the wall having a beautiful door in it which was it was an interesting dance to try and make that not about pro immigration and polit- political but then also a lot of the imagery seemed very heavy handed so I, I don't I don't know what to make of that yeah really uh, and plus they have, uh, if I'm reading right this morning, they had trouble with the site crash yeah. for the people trying to see First the end. First 10 minutes. Oh, really? And, you know, yeah. people will try once uh, online, but they won't go back three or four times. So, yeah. you know, they, you get they, one chance they left a lot of money yeah, on the table the if they were That's counting it. on that right. to, to pull them over the finish line. Okay, cool. We're going to uh, stop for a quick break. Stay tuned. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the WSJ Media Mix <clears throat> podcast. Um, so just picking up on uh, one thing I thought was kind of interesting last night. I saw some data that suggested the ad that was getting the most buzz on social media was actually for a Netflix show, Stranger Things. Look on my ego. You like on my ego. I love it! You know, we're talking about sort of advertising, and obviously this is a huge TV moment during the Super Bowl. Uh, but it was just interesting to me that it was sort of quote-unquote content that was supposedly resonating with people more more than some of the ads. So I just wonder, if you're an advertiser sort of looking at that, how do you, I don't know, how do you think about it? Well, it's everyone sees everything and everything is connected. So um, I think it was smart of both Hulu to uh, promote one of the programs and Netflix. And obviously the the big movie studios did their best because they got away. And, you know, those are one shots. Either the movie is going to be a hit and connect or it's not. But they tend to stand out because they feel more authentic, uh, while other advertisers are trying to recreate a movie feel. <laughs> you know, they they you know when they're when you're advertising content, uh, it, it has more authenticity and credibility often. Not to mention content that you watch without ads. Right, exactly. Is a little bit <laughs> exactly. ironic. In that, in that Although scene. if the game is really bad, I you know I think most people tend to focus more on the ads anyway. Right. What what do you make that one? I don't I don't believe that one was out on social media before yesterday. Uh, but a lot, so many advertisers do that now, and it's almost like a big ramp up before the Super Bowl to tease their ads or promote them. And 
Do you think we're ever going to go back to a time when, when, when everything is a surprise on Super Bowl Sunday, or is it always going to be a prolonged social media strategy for these guys? I think now? you'll have to be you know, both. There, there are two routes. You either make it a surprise and, and, and manage that opening opening shot, and then you win on social media later, or you, 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 you prime the pump. Uh, and build up to it. You know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. You know, I think, you know, partly it's having content that gets shared. I think the Melissa McCarthy th- you know, obviously is going to, you know, it was a, it was, it was a Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was nice that uh, she uh, gave that a boost by appearing on Saturday yes. Night Live. So she, you know, she's hot right now. And I think it'll trend. Whether, you know, people are going to run off to their local Kia dealers and say, you know, give me one of Melissa's cars. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure. Um. So you mentioned Google there as well. It's interesting, and to Mike's point, for the past few years, uh, uh, Google and others have been sort of encouraging advertisers to upload their ads mm-hmm. ahead of the game and to generate buzz. Google sort of notably didn't do that, as far as I'm aware. So, you know, they sort of saved it. to. I think there was a softer approach. I think if they had released that earlier, it would have been a... It would have fallen flat in its face. You know, it, it didn't. You needed to to be forced to to sit through. It's like a softer, quieter voice versus a big yuck or big uh, dramatic opening. So it just depends on on the creative. You I think, think sometimes you have to, you know, marry the creative with the. With the of course, it's always been the case: marry the creative with the media strategy. What did you make of the uh, several of the big telecom brands were, were active last night? You, you know, I think they were all throwing mud at each other, and you know, I think at the end, no one remembers who. You know, there was a, several. T- there was a T-Mobile spot that looked like a Verizon spot uh, for the whole time, or, or uh, uh, on the cu- phone with customer service. I think you know Justin Bieber. Hello, I'm Justin Bieber, celebration expert. Unlimited moves. This guy's got the shimmy sham sham shimmy shake right there. You know, it was nice to see him cleaned up and looking mm-hmm. uh, like an adult and uh, reasonably polished and James Bondish. But ultimately, I'm not sure uh, people ran out and said, "Well, you know, I want to see more of Justin's move." I'm not sure they got any any viral traction from his, you know, dancing on. on uh, but other than that one spot, the rest of them, uh, and the most ridiculous was the uh, father driving the car off the cliff to get out of his contract. You know, was that the, the sprint? Act, I don't even. I think. I, I think it was. It could have been T-Mobile. <laughs> you know, it could have been anybody. Uh, and I think most people remember the car going off the ditch and not even sure why they were watching that. So that's really interesting because you know, in, in the telecom wars, that's sort of been a real trend recently. Is is calling each other out by name and attacking each other by name? But right. do you think that? Maybe doing so just sort of dilutes the whole message anyway. The, the, conventional wisdom, and I think it holds, is that if you're spending all your time, you know, taking down the other guy, um, people will remember the negativity. And but you know, it doesn't build your brand. It may give you a short-term win, just like the Pepsi challenge way back when. You know, took a little bit of uh, Coke's business in the short term when they did those challenges, but in the longer run, in the marathon, you know, Coke's focus on uh, on its brand and being positive paid out more than Pepsi going after them with the challenge. What about you? Consult brands outside of the Super Bowl. What are you telling them right now? When, when you know that's a very unique event where we're all watching the commercials as part of the experience. It's live, but you have a generation of consumers that are. Where interruptive advertising is really unwanted or avoided, you know, on envir- you know, between environments like Netflix, uh, ad blocking, Spotify, et cetera. What are you telling brands like that, like these days, to try and connect with with that audience? Well, you, you, you have to just constantly ask yourself: are, are you relevant? How are you relevant? Is this message relevant to who's ever watching it when it is? And you know, part of relevancy could be: is it entertaining and funny? 
Uh, but then you have to make sure you don't get sucked into, oh, it's a really funny ad, but it's, you know, what's it doing for my brand? And I think there were some examples last night, you know, Mr. Clean and uh, and others that, that – manage that tricky balance really well, making uh, content that was engaging, fun to watch, shareable, um, uh, seeing Mr. Clean uh, do a, you know, a, a dance in the shower, but um, ultimately driving their business versus brands like Bia the, the Beverage. I, I, you know, I, I'm not even sure what that is, and having a guy talking to horses. I mean, they were so enamored with trying to get noticed that even if you remembered the brand, yeah, you know, most people don't know what it is, and it, it, I don't think it, it moved their game down the field, as as, as you might say. <laughs> I do think that's interesting. Again, uh, we've talked about this already, but the Mister Clean spot to me was sort of a, an old fashioned, right. an old fashioned TV ad, but also like an old fashioned Super Bowl spot. You know, mm-hmm. it's the mascot coming to life, and right. so for all of this, for all of these tactics, sort of you know, latching on to political themes and everything else, do you think there's an argument to say that you know the old sort of tricks are the best or does it just depend I, on the brand? I just brand think you or? have to keep your eye on the ball and say, look, what are we trying to accomplish and try to, you know, not only get noticed but, you know, try to bring it on home. And if you, and if you can't, just accept the fact that we're just going to be there to, to make people maybe remember us and smile. And if they possibly remember us and smile, that's a win. But most serious marketers, I think, need to, need to look at what, what is this going to do to my business? What's the ROI on this? Oh, and are we are we filling beds? Are we uh, <laughs> getting people to sign up for cell phone contracts, uh, or, or or not? It's you know it's the, it's the morning after. Do you have a clear winner and loser in your mind, or a handful of the best and worst yet? You know, I think the the winners were the one. I think Melissa McCarthy's ad for Kia won. Hey Melissa, now the rhinos need saving. It's hard to be an eco-warrior, but it's easy to drive like one. Introducing the most fuel-efficient crossover, the Kia Nero. Oh, come on! It's so uh, funny and enjoyable that you know, its numbers will be so big, both <laughs> socially and sharing. You know, sharing that I think even if only you know thirty percent of the people know it was Kia and less know it was which car, I think the the numbers are so big that it will do well. Um, I. I think um, the Budweiser spot, despite what I just said, I think because while everyone is trying to yuck it up, uh, the 10th comedian, as I said, is not that funny. And so by taking a serious tone, it was really well made. I think, that, you know, they got noticed versus, you know, often Budweiser is a series of puppies and Clydesdales and you know, very sweet, but un- not sticky. I think that was a sticky idea that, uh, you know, it will do well socially. Uh, but... I thought it was an average year. I didn't think there was that much. You know, there were a lot of very nice smiling ads, but there wasn't. I don't think they're going to do great at the water cooler today. Most of the, most of the marketers. Do you think just broadly, sort of the Super Bowl ad opportunity is? Uh, I don't know what the right word is. Diminishing. I mean, there there are an increasing array of sort of digital platforms. I know a lot of marketers were running ads on Snapchat, for example, alongside NFL content. I don't know. Is is the Super Bowl not what it I used think to with be? It's maybe? still the only game in town in terms of getting that many eyeballs that many that much, in real time. Just that reach. Uh, it's just a, the world's getting so fragmented that sports events are still. If you want to talk to a lot of people, um, it's still a game you have to play. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks um, so much. Thank you.
Join us next time on the Media Mix podcast. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.